Dr. Abigail Favalli is Dean of Humanities at George Fox University in Newburgh, Oregon. She wrote a memoir about her conversion to Catholicism entitled Into the Deep, an Unlikely Catholic Conversion. And she has a book on gender forthcoming from Ignatius Press. Abigail lives in Oregon with her husband and four children. This is a Know His Love story. So I grew up as an evangelical Christian, and I don't have a memory before being Christian, right? So um, my parents would tell me this story about how I was saved when I was three. My dad was driving with my brother and I, and he pulled over. We said the the Jesus salvation prayer. And so there's not, there's no pre-Christian era of my life. And I think even as a child, I did have a deep sense, particularly of Jesus's love um, for me. And that's a gift that I'm very grateful for from my upbringing. But there was a time in my life where I began to question that love and to feel unworthy of that love. And that had a lot to do um, with what happened when I was a teenager. So like I said, I grew up evangelical. And I think in that setting, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of emphasis placed on sexual purity. And I think that that, um, you know, there's, there's certainly something true about the high regard that um, Christians have always had for sexuality in terms of its importance and um, its connection to spirituality and, and how we should live um, in, in harmony with God's design for us. But I think the way that was articulated to me growing up was much more punitive. Um, and there was never really a broader theological understanding of why there were certain rules regarding sexuality. It was very much just don't do it. If you do, it's the worst thing anyone can ever do. And there's no coming back from it. Right. I mean, that was kind of the messaging that I, that I received. Um, I very much had this sense that that was like the worst sin. Um, and so as I became an adolescent, started going through puberty and experiencing the very normal, ex- the normal ex- um, experience of increasing sexual desire and curiosity, um, I felt very dirty about that and very shamed. Um, and then when I was a teenager and I fell in love for the first time, I had my first, my first boyfriend and fell in love and, um, and then we had sex and I told my parents about it because I felt bad. Um, the way they responded was just really devastating. And that wounded me in a way that I think I'm still just now in my late thirties, beginning to really understand. And so after that um, pretty traumatic experience of rejection, I mean, I really felt as though I had done the worst thing anyone has ever done and that there's no coming back from that. I really began to internalize us understanding of myself as damaged goods 
as unworthy. Um, and being in the context that I was in, there's, you know, there's no sacrament of confession. There's, you know, there's no kind of formal response of reconciliation, right? So, um, you know, you're supposed to ask God for forgiveness when you sin, which I'm sure I did, but it, I, I never felt whole or healed, um, after that. And I think that experience really gave me a deep felt sense of shame and a lack of belief in my own intrinsic worth. And I think that, yeah, that really, that became a, a barrier between myself and God in a way. Um, and so in the next kind of phase of my life was very much a, a phase of gradual distancing from God, pulling away from God. I began to get very angry at God and very angry at the church, at Christianity, um, because I was in a lot of pain and I had a lot of shame. And so I began to blame Christianity for that shame. But in doing so, I never really healed or resolved it, right? Um, but I, I really pushed hard away from the the church in that in that time of my life, which was basically my my twenties. Yeah, well, at this and this time of my life as well, I became very interested in feminism, and I think because I felt a deep lack of worth, I was drawn to the message of feminism, which is basically women, women matter, women have dignity. And so I, I was seeking after a sense of worth and dignity, I think. And because I had been wounded in a Christian context, I didn't look for healing in Christianity. So I, I really sought after it in, in a more secular approach to feminism. Um, and I think on, I don't know, when I, when I think about that time in my life, I feel as though I was living at two levels. There was like the, the top level where I was you know, going to graduate school and really into feminism and um, feeling a sense of, of success and um, energy in my life. But then I think underneath there was this deep well of shame that was still there that was kind of simmering and then would erupt in, in odd moments when I would least expect it. Um, and also this sense of, of hollowness and emptiness to what I was doing. And I think because I was really just pushing myself and busy and distracted, most of the time I was able to ignore that, but then there would be moments where I would be sort of confronted with myself and with um, the emptiness and the unresolved pain that was still under the surface because I, I was basically running from Christianity because I was in pain, but that wasn't resolving my pain. It was just burying it. It was just kind of pushing it down. Well, it was, it's hard to pick one single moment because it was this, it was like this dizzying um, cyclone of moments at, over a period 
of a couple of years. Uh, but the beginning, the beginning was uh, being pretty radically pushed into the Catholic Church, which I can only really, and by pushed, I don't mean like in a bad way. I mean, um, I I had reached this point where my that spiritual crisis that was sort of simmering underneath came came to a boiling point. And in that moment, I think God hit me with an arrow of grace and I became very suddenly Catholic. Um, And so that was the beginning, I think, of learning to experience God's love once again. It didn't happen right away. Um, But when I became Catholic and began um, to be ministered to by the sacraments, that really began to affect an internal change and an internal healing process. Um, So the Eucharist and also confession were incredibly important um, in in learning how um, to experience God's love. I had a very, this wasn't my first confession as a Catholic, but this was a couple years in because I had never done a full general confession, even after I'd been Catholic for a couple of years. And I decided to do one and I, you know, I prepared for several days. I made lists of things I could remember. And I went into the confessional very like, very like determined, (laughs) you know, like I'm just going to confess everything. And um, we just got a new priest. And this is my first time with this new priest. Right. And here I am like, throwing open the closet doors and letting all my skeletons out. And, and I I think that confession lasted for over an hour and I wept and just laid it all bare. And, and that was an incredibly healing experience that I still just kind of marvel at. Um, And I also think the, the Eucharist has always been perhaps a, a place where I experience God's love. I mean, not always in an emotional way, right? Sometimes you go to mass and you're distracted. It's boring. The kids are being crazy. You know, you don't feel all blissed out. Um, but nonetheless, even in those moments, Christ meets me exactly where I am. And in this tangible, bodily, humble way, and that never ceases to amaze and um, move me. And I think one of the I think one of the consequences of my sense of shame and and lack of worth, my, well, the way I responded to that is a belief of I have to prove my own worth. I have to do something to earn love. I have to do something to be worthy of love. And the wonderful thing about the Mass and the Eucharist is you just show up and receive. You know, there's not... There's, I mean, there's a sense in which I participate in the liturgy, but, you know, I don't, I don't, Christ doesn't offer himself to me because I've achieved something amazing that day, Um, but he meets me exactly where I am. And so I think that's been, that's, yeah, for me, the challenge is always, I'm, I'm always um, trying I think to be too busy and distracted. And so when I'm able to stop and 
to stop doing and simply to be, that's when I really experience God's love. Um, even though that's a hard lesson for me to learn and I'm still learning it. Yeah. I feel like that's something I'm still also learning. Um, so I was baptized when I was eight in a very muddy Creek in Southern Utah, that the picture that we have after my baptism, I'm coming out of the water and I look like I've been drenched in chocolate milk. <laughs> and, but I remember that day very vividly, even though I did not have at the time the theology to understand what was going on. I mean, it was very much presented to me as, you know, an outward declaration of faith, a profession of faith, rather than something that God was doing very in a very real way in my soul. Um, but that my lack of understanding doesn't mean that it wasn't happening because it, it really was happening. And even now I still, it, even at the time it felt like such an important moment and I, I, I will always remember it very clearly. But when I, when I was becoming Catholic, there was a part of me that wanted to get rebaptized, you know, because I was like, Oh, but now I get it. <laughs> so let's do it again. But of course I didn't need to. Um, so in, in some ways, it's this I the promise of my baptism, even though it's been present and that grace has been working in my life all along, I'm now becoming attentive to it in a way. Um, and that's one thing that's been it's been so hard in this pandemic not to have that very simple mark of baptism with the holy water going into church, right? I've missed that because that would be a moment where you know, and sometimes I would do it automatically and not think about it, but that would be a moment when I would try dipping my fingers in the water and making the sign of the cross to recall what you're describing, that I have been baptized. I'm a beloved daughter of God. And that kind of physical, tangible sign of that, when I'm attentive to that, and that's what's so beautiful about the sacraments and sacramentals like that, because I think because they're bodily they are able to get our attention um, in a way that that just intellectual ideas or homilies, you know, those things don't always get our attention in the way that water on your hand does um, or, you know, wine down your throat does, like those sort of bodily, those bodily signs um, are so important. Wow, I love this. So there are there are moments, I think, when God shows off a little bit, you know, when he will pull back the curtain to show to us the kind of action that's always happening behind the scenes that we're often not aware of. And I think a primary way he does this is through prayer. He will move us to pray for something that he already intends to give us, but by moving us to pray for it, then we're invested. Our attention is on it. You know, he's going to be putting on a show for us and he wants to make sure we're looking in the right direction. And I think he'll use prayer that way. And so there have been um, some pretty incredible answers to prayer that, that I've experienced. Um, and also not just prayer, but prayer that's offered with suffering. Um, so to give one, one specific example, um, when I was pregnant with my third child, I have four, I have four children. I actually 
um, have five if you include one that, that we lost. Um, but I have four living children. And when I was pregnant with my third, this was after I'd become Catholic and I was really leaning into this idea of offering up suffering for the first time. And so I had three intentions in my, it's always helpful to have three. I don't know why <laughs> three intentions in my mind. And that throughout my pregnancy, I was offering up the suffering of my pregnancy for those three intentions. And then also all the suffering of that, of the birth for those three intentions. Um, and one of them was for um, healing for a, a relative who was struggling with addiction and homeless at the time. The second one was for my grandfather who was dying and was thinking of taking his own life. And then the third one was for my husband's conversion to the Catholic faith. And those are all three, like, those are pretty, those are like heavy hitting prayer requests, right? I mean, <laughs> those are pretty big. Um, but by the end of, so all three of them, all, all three of them were answered. So that relative, by the end of the year, he had moved to a new state. He had gotten a job. He was clean, still clean, completely turned his life around. The second one, my my grandfather died a natural death, even though it involved a lot of suffering. Um, and my husband has since um, become Catholic. So I feel like that was a sense when God that God was really showing off. Uh, and I specifically entrusted those three requests to Mary. So that's another way I think God has shown his love for me is through his gift of Mary in my life. Um, because I have a, I have some mother wounds in my history and I didn't know before I became Catholic, how important it would be to have Mary as my mother and how important that would be for my own healing. And so that's perhaps the primary way that he shows his love is through the gift of, of Mary. I guess I would want to say that you are loved more than you can possibly imagine and that you are always in every moment being held into existence by a God that loves you, that dreamed you up and that is always singing the song of your being. And there's nothing you can do to lose that love. There's nothing you can do to lose the infinite worth and dignity that is given to you by that love. No one is, is damaged goods. Um, and the purpose that you were designed for is to be loved and to love in return. And so if you can trust in and open yourself to that love um, and let it change you, then you should. Thank you for listening to Dr. Favali's story. I would love to share your story as well. Please connect with us on social media or by clicking on the join us link at knowhis.love.